Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's me, College Football with Sam, and today we're doing something a little different that I think is going to be really fun and enjoyable. I'm having a friend of mine, Marcus Maselli, on this channel to talk about Florida State and Clemson. He has a channel called Marquishimo, which is a Florida State football highlights channel, and I encourage you to subscribe to his channel, look it up. There will be a link down below in the description and also in the comment section on a pinned comment where you can check out his channel. It's nice highlights. Um, he's a big-time Florida State fan. I'd say an ACC expert. I, I mean, in talking to him before the show, he knows a heck of a lot more than I do. So we're going to be talking about Florida State and Clemson and our predictions. And we're going to be analyzing everything and deep diving into everything. Um, it's going to mostly be Marcus talking to you all today. So just wanted to let you guys know all of that. How are you doing, Marcus? I'm doing great, Sam. It's good to see you again. I'm excited to come on the channel, talk a big rivalry. I really respect what you do on your channel. So it's an honor to be here. You have a loyal fan base, so it's pretty great. Awesome. Um, well, without further ado, let's dive right in. And uh, you know about Clemson and Florida State much more than I do. I know that Clemson has controlled, I would say, this rivalry from the mid-2010s. And particularly in the last few seasons, they have dominated. Um, what's the significance of this rivalry in terms of controlling the ACC, these two programs right now are arguably the top two in the conference, at least from what we expected in the preseason. Um, what do you know about this rivalry, the significance of it, and more specifically, this 2023 game between these two in Death Valley? What's this all mean? Definitely. It's a, it's a huge deal for the conference, for both schools. So from 2011 to 2022... All but one ACC champion was Clemson or Florida State. Every time it was Florida State or Clemson. And most of those seasons, everyone knew it was going to be Florida State or Clemson. Um, so you knew this game pretty much decided the conference. This is the first season the ACC is not Atlantic and Coastal Divisions. So it's possible to play again. Up until this season, it was always the coastal side of the ACC was very weak, and they would trot out someone out there to go get blown out by Florida State or blown out by Clemson in the ACC championship. So it's fun that finally this year, if Clemson wins this game and goes all the way, if Florida State doesn't lose besides this, they may play again. And that's a fun possibility to have that's never happened before. The other thing is the rivalry itself outside of the conference. Clemson's won the last seven. Their Florida State leads the series 20 and 15 all time. Most of that being the Bowden years obviously built a good cushion there. For a little bit, you had uh, Tommy Bowden was the coach of Clemson, so he would play against his father in the early 2000s. So it's always been a big, big rivalry a lot of times. One or both teams are ranked, you know, top five, top ten. Um, it's also one of those series where a lot of times it's the home team has a big advantage. 
Florida State hasn't won in Death Valley since 2013 when they won the national championship. That game, Clemson was ranked three, Florida State was ranked five, and it got out of hand pretty quick. But we all know how good that Florida State team was. Actually, Clemson won the Orange Bowl that year, too, so they were pretty good. Yeah. But uh, it's been a big deal. And like you said, Clemson recently has controlled it. You had 59 to 10 in 2019 or 2018 with Willie Taggart basically not showing up. Um, you had 45 to 14 in 2019. Again, Willie Taggart decided not show up for the Clemson game. Last season, Clemson got a big lead and Florida State didn't quit, ended up making a six point game. Season before that, it was really close. Clemson scored in the final play on defense, where it was a lateral play that was, ended up being like a scoop and score. Oh, but I remember that. And people were that mad game that was, it covered the spread. Yeah, exactly. But that game was a three point game going into the last play. So Mindervelle's made it close. But. It's it's a big game. We know Clemson, you know, Duke Duke drew blood against Clemson. And so Clemson's season pretty much can die with this game or live with this game. So Clemson, it's really fortunate they get it in Death Valley. Florida State doesn't win there. Not too many teams win there. They've had a really long I think before South Carolina finally took it last season, they had a very long home winning streak. So at this point, it's a very long home ACC winning streak. Uh, they they don't lose at home. And Florida State, they're battle-tested. They beat LSU by a lot. But you still got to go out and play the game. So exactly. rivalry is huge. You know, it can put Florida State in the driver's seat for the conference if they win because that drops Clemson to two ACC losses. And you probably end up playing Louisville for the conference because Louisville – has the easiest possible ACC schedule. They may not lose a conference game. Duke, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. Miami looks pretty good, but it puts Florida State in the driver's seat. They have a cushion to lose an ACC game and still make the conference championship. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, How has Mike Norvell built this program up to where it is? Because under Willie Taggart and then in Jimbo Fisher's last year, with, you know, DeAndre Francois being injured and James Blackman coming in, the team was horrendous and they couldn't they couldn't compete with anyone that had a pulse. And now through recruiting, but more so through the portal, Norvell has built a honestly a team that has the potential to be a powerhouse and that right now is ranked inside of the top four. How did he go about that and what's the key to his his so far success with the Knowles. It's pretty impressive. Everyone's going to say, you know, culture, as much as that's an overused term. I was not a Mike Norvell believer. He went three and six 2020 with a disastrous, you know, COVID year. You can't recruit the same. You had the Marvin Wilson thing go down with the beat and everything. So, I was not a believer, and they lost Jacksonville State in 2021. I was ready to write them off. I was ready to, you know, pay pay for his buyout and all that. But transfer portal is the key. He has an amazing hit rate on that, and also the way you recruit transfer players is different from how you recruit high school players. Mark Novell does not have the deep Florida connections, the high school coach connections that a lot of guys do. From other schools, even, you know, not in the state of Florida, like Ohio State knows how to pull players out of Florida, you know, 
Alabama knows how to pull players out of Florida. Mike Norvell doesn't have those connections. So his high school recruiting classes are still, before this cycle, have not been that good. Transfer players, you can you can sell them a, a different dream, and that's what Mike Norvell's done. He's going to, you know, shoot them straight, let them know he's going to give them everything he can as a coach because it's not the – whatever high school recruiting is, whatever you think about it with NIL or whatever, or dropping bags, whatever you want to call it, it's, it's different. When you tell a transfer player from Albany, like Jared Verse, to come in and start on a, on a you know, FBS program, a Power 5 program, and get a chance to be in primetime games, show the NFL what he can do, you know, that's a good dream. Jermaine Johnson was on Georgia. When getting playing time on Georgia, comes to Florida State, first-round pick. So then, you know, you get some momentum with those. You know, you get a Jermaine Johnson, then you can – you can reference that to your next transfer players. Look, look what I turned him into. He wasn't going to get drafted. Yeah. Now he's a first round pick. You can sell that. And so I have a list. I have Florida States. I don't know what they put down as their depth chart, but I have what it functionally is. And it's on offense. There are two starters who are not transfers out of 11. Yeah. So nine of your 11 starters on offense are transfer players. A lot of your second string are transfer players. And then on defense, it's about five or six. So it's still about half on defense. Even your long snappers transfer. I mean, Minervell completely overhauled the program through the transfers. He's hit on an amazingly high rate of them. And that's really the key. Yeah. It, it sounds like it helped him actually rather than hindered him the transfer portal has certainly hindered some programs like fellow yep. ACC school Pittsburgh like losing Jordan Addison doesn't happen without the modern yep. transfer portal and NIL era and meanwhile, Syracuse yeah oh yeah that too meanwhile it helps Florida State um yeah the rivalry it sounds like is you know obviously significant but this year especially because Clemson seems down they aren't adapting and using the portal. And if Norvell comes in there in Death Valley and wins, that will force Dabo Swinney to, you know, completely reassess everything because his method fell to the the new method. Um, luckily, he's home in Memorial Stadium, Death Valley, but most people are picking Florida State to win. According to ESPN, they're given nearly a 60% chance to win. Florida State has decisive advantages um, everywhere, seemingly. Like, they look like the better team by far. The question is, the history isn't on their side, and the home field advantage isn't on their side, and Clemson still technically has the more talented roster if you only look at high school players. So what's the critical matchup for Florida State to break this series? And... Also, you know, through that critical matchup, what are the ways that Florida State wins, maybe closer in dominant fashion? But also, how do you think Clemson can do what most, I would say, can't process with how they looked against Duke? I I even have a hard time seeing them, you know, coming out and winning. But I know it's possible. Like, walk us through, walk us through what's the critical matchup. Okay. 
You're absolutely right. It's the, just to go back real quick, the dueling philosophies. Dabo is the most, you know, culture. We don't take transfers. I'm going to sit and develop. And Mike Norvell is pretty much the poster for, besides Dion, I'm going to take a transfer, transfer team and turn them to be better. So you get to see that go against each other. But yeah, critical matchup. For me, this is all Clemson's offense versus Florida State's defense, specifically um, a couple things. Uh, Shipley against Florida State's D-line and linebackers. If he gets to the second level, does he break tackles? Does he wear Florida State down? Because Florida State plays to not give up the big play. Does Garrett Riley take that and just wear Florida State down, keep Travis off the field, kind of like Boston College did, where Florida State just doesn't have the ball most of the game? You can hang with the team. You force a turnover or something, and Clemson can take it that way. If if Shipley holds the ball for Clemson, if Klubnik doesn't turn it over. And look, it's Garrett Riley. Maybe the light comes off of Klubnik in this game, Right. If that happens, that could against Adam Fuller, coached Florida State defense, against that type of defense, maybe this is the game Klebnik comes out. The other thing, Antonio Williams, critical matchup with the slot players for Florida State. Antonio Williams is the main main threat outside of Shipley, the main threat in the passing game. Florida State has some pretty good slot defenders in Jerry and Jones and Greedy Vance. At times, Kevin Knowles will come down. He's also a safety. Our starting safety, Keem Dent, is out. That's a that's a matchup Clemson could exploit. If they, if they, if they want to win this game, that could be a shot. Antonio Williams doing work in the slot, and Will Shipley wearing him down, keeping the offense off the field. Yeah, that's... For me, I look at it, and from a traditional Clemson standpoint, they've changed with Riley being there. But Florida State last year was one of the worst defenses in the nation in stopping the run. It was them and A&M who had, like, great secondary play. But if you were just patient and you could run on them, you would beat them. And and that's what, you know, Will Shipley did last year, from what I remember. But with that change on offense, it's interesting because I know that Clemson's going to want to go up-tempo. They're going to want to run it. They're going to, you know, Klubnik, I think, has been getting like 30 to 40, sometimes close to 50 pass attempts a game. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And I think that, I think you said it perfectly. Um, short run, and then rush defense, and then probably rush offense, too. For Florida State as well, I know that you you talked about that to me earlier. Um, describe Florida State's offense. You said, you know, Clemson's defense, well, Clemson's offense, pardon me, and Florida State's defense is the critical matchup. What makes you think that Florida State's offense versus Clemson's defense isn't a critical matchup? Like, what makes that second to the other one? Definitely. So... Clemson's defense is always going to be pretty good, especially the defensive line is talented. Like you said, they're on paper more talented team in that respect. Lots of fours and five stars. You know, they got Tyler Davis coming back. He's from my way in, in Florida. They got uh, the linebackers are good. Not sure about the DBs, but 
Clemson has has guys on defense, but Florida State under Mike Norvell and Alex Atkins, they will put up points. They have a way to make you wrong on defense no matter what you do. It's mostly based on the counter run. They run the counter run as much as they can. If a team will give Florida State the counter run, they will run it out of different action, but they're running the same scheme, if that makes sense. They'll run as much as you can. If you watch the Miami game, where we put up, I think it was like 45 to three or something on Miami. Florida State ran some type of counter, I believe 35 times in that game. They, they do it to set up shot plays. They do it to set up quarterback run with Travis. They can set up screens off of it. That's their bread and butter. And that's been taken away a little bit at times so far this season. So they're still waiting for it to pop. But even then, they found a way to put up 45 on LSU because in the second half, they went to a two-back set that changes your blocking angles. They put Jaheim Bell. He can play anywhere. Put him in the backfield. He can block differently. Opens it up. Against other teams, they can spread you out. Florida State will run the same five guys out there, and they will line up in five wide or two tight ends or two backs with the same guys. So if Clemson wants to go heavy personnel on defense, Florida State can spread you out and throw the one-on-one ball. We know what Keon Coleman can do. We know what Johnny Wilson can do. Jaheim Bell has four touchdowns already. We know what Trey Benson can do if he gets ahead of steam. So Florida State, if they want to spread you out, they can spread you out. If Clemson wants to put a light, you know, nickel-dime defense on the field, Florida State will line those same guys up in two tight ends, make it close, and they, they can they can run it. They can run Jordan Travis. And if, if Clemson wants to spy somebody and contain Jordan Travis, he'll just throw it. Oh, yeah. And if they don't cover him, we know Jordan Travis will just take off and just run and run and run. So – it doesn't seem like a critical matchup because we know Florida State's going to score points. They have the second longest streak of 30 point, 30 point games in the country. Second only Penn State. And even then they put up 28. So that was last season against Clemson. They scored 28. Every game since that, they put up 30. And so maybe if there's one team that could do it, it's Clemson. But do you really think Clemson is going to put up 35, 40 points? Right. So. The way I see it, we know Florida State is going to put up points. It's a matter of can Clemson put up more. Yeah. I'm not saying Florida State's going to run over Clemson's defense. Clemson's defense is talented, and I don't think they'll give the game away. But it's not going to be you know 10 points, 13 points, and you end up in a dogfight. Last week against Boston College, very poor effort against Boston College. A lot of players had the flu. The offensive line played badly. The offense didn't have a great game plan. They were really vanilla. They threw a bunch of screens and still put up 31 points. And they kind of, they didn't really try. You know, they had turnovers and they didn't really try and still put up 31 points. And Boston College held the ball almost the whole game. So, you know, you know, to me, that's a given. And so that's why it comes down to Klubnik taking care of the ball. Adam Fuller for Florida State, the D coordinator, does he have a game plan this week? Or does he sit in cover two? Does he sit – does he play straight man? If they try to run zone, Florida State historically under Adam Fuller is horrible at playing zone. 
So if Garrett Riley can can dictate at all, that could that could be an issue. Yeah. I I think that Clemson's defense too is good, but I don't see them as a top ten defense. I don't see them as elite. I mean, last year the defense took a huge step back after Brent Venables left, and I think that with the portal working against them, I don't think they have the same depth that they've had at every position compared to previous years. So I do expect Florida State to put up points. It's a question of whether Clemson's offense will, like you said. We know that with Riley and with the talent they have with Antonio Williams and Yes, exactly. Thank you. They could put up tons of points. They could also seven against Duke. Yeah, but they could also struggle in the red zone. They could miss a ton of their field goals, and it could could be very ugly at the same time. Speaking of that, um, what positions do you think go in Florida State's advantage and and Clemson's advantage? Talk to me about that. Along with the staff, I'm very curious to think about your staff comparison of the two. Certainly. Uh, we'll go with, we'll go with positions first. You know, Travis has been, he's been playing college football a long time. I you got to give the edge to Florida State there. The light could come on with Klubnik though. If there's, if there's a game, the light comes on. I would not be surprised if it's this game, but you got, I think you got to go Florida State there running back. You, you would agree with me on this. It goes to Clemson. Will Shipley's just a different player. He can wear a defense down. He can catch the ball. Even though they're, they're in an identity crisis where they want to throw the ball, he's he's still a constant. So running back, you give to Clemson. Receiver, I'm not worried about Clemson's receivers outside of Williams. We know the weapons Florida State has. Coleman and Wilson are huge. Jaheen Bell is a chess piece. You move him around. Um. We agree on the the offensive defensive lines. If you want to talk about that, uh, you can. Where we know Clemson's talented up front on the defensive line for sure. Oh yeah, but then their offensive line has been like a weakness. Even exactly. with Lawrence and Watson, they never had that you know Joe Moore Award winning O line. Yeah, and now I think their line is it's objectively I think bad. I mean Duke was able to pressure Klubnik all day and with Florida State having guys like Jared Verse um and Braden Fisk I think is how you pronounce his name I mean what could happen I mean you could he could be uncomfortable all day and that's trench play as a Big Ten guy I know that it's not the same in every conference I think trench play is probably the most important in the Big Ten maybe Mm -hmm. the SEC but you know, the Big Ten lacking at other skill positions often means trench play is exemplified. Um, but I think for trench play, overall, you know, Florida State's D-line has some guys that can compete with Clemson's D-line. And they're better at pass rush. I'd say Clemson's probably better on the interior. But I'm, I'm curious to see how the O-lines perform, too, because Florida State's is, like you said, decent. Or above average. It's not great, but it is. Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, you're good. It's 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 you know it's good above average. What do you think about the O line and what do you expect from it? So Florida State's O line, they average 
for the five starters. Depends who's in there. We have a couple guys banged up. But basically the top eight for Florida State's O-linemen are all guys who played a ton of ball. The top eight, I did the math. This was before the season started. The top eight offensive linemen averaged, I believe it was 26 starts apiece. Wow. And they're starting five average, I think it was like 32 or 29 or something. It was over two full seasons of starts for every off, every offensive lineman. They got a lot of guys, you know, 30 starts, 29 starts, 30 starts. And so they're decent. They won't make, you know, the mental errors where they fall starting or holding every play. They don't really whiff, you know, too bad. Offensive lines in the past for Florida State will just whiff. Willie Taggart, you watched those lines, they were horrible. But there's not a whole lot of NFL guys either. So you get a lot of just like decent college linemen on Florida State. They have eight, they have eight or nine deep that they can run out there and won't they won't lose them the game, if that yeah. makes sense. Okay. But they're not gonna dominate and push Clemson off, off the ball. They're not gonna do that either. So it's as confident as you can be. Like you can't really ask for much more than that, right? Experienced guys in the whole line won't lose you the game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. Um yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you completely. I think Florida State has most position advantages, and I think I think currently they have a staff advantage. I wouldn't peg um, Mike Norvell as a better coach than Sweeney yet. I want to see Certainly. how they both do this season. Yeah. But I do think that, and I could be wrong here, um, this is kind of where I'm getting in murky waters. I think that Alex Atkins um, and his staff collectively are better offensively I know that Clemson is Garrett Riley but they kind of brought him in and they're working from the ground up to build something new which puts them at a disadvantage mm -hmm. and then defensively I know that Wes Goodwin and Mickey Kahn they have all the talent in the world and their defense is still taking steps back meanwhile Florida State has worked the portal to get Fentrell Cypress and then last preseason it was Jared Verse um what do you think about the staff? And then I also know you told me about um, the special teams. I'm very yeah. curious to hear that again. So it does. It, special teams goes flows from staff in a little bit here. So I, I agree with you. Dabo, the resume, you have to give him the nod. Um, minor belt teams have the ability to just not show up. We see all that Jacksonville State. We saw that last week, Boston College. They just didn't show up. They escaped with a W, but they did not show up for that game with the plan. Uh, defensive coordinator for Florida State, if you talk to any Florida State fan, most of them don't think he's very good. But we kept him around because you want the continuity to not, you know, bust plays. You don't want to have – you don't want to bring in a new D coordinator. And everyone has to relearn, if that makes sense. Yeah. We had a bunch of guys come back this season. We said – you know, we'll keep the same decor and keep the same scheme. So then we have guys third or fourth year in the system. Even if it's not the best scheme, they'll at least know how to play it. So defensive backs coach is the only new coach for Florida State. That's Pat Sertan Sr. Um, he has us play a lot of man coverage. Um, he hasn't been a college coach before this. So we had some busts last week. But I like what he's done so far better than the previous DB's coach. Linebackers coach is Randy Shannon. That's a name that we've heard yeah. for a long time. Again, not really sure that he adds a whole lot. 
Um, the linebackers don't look well coached at times, but they're not going to lose you the game either. I mean, they have, they have some talent. And our DN's coach, you mentioned the talent that he gets to coach with Jerry Verse. He is also the special teams coach. And going into special teams, I think Florida State has a pretty good advantage there. I know you have the efficiency stats on that. And in this rivalry, historically, the kicking game is a big deal in this game. Uh, you'll see a lot of missed kicks or blocked kicks, especially on Clemson's side. And that may not change this year. Their kicker, I believe, is one of four this year. He's making an extra point. Uh, he struggled. He's a true freshman. And Florida State's kicker, he's he's been at Florida State for a couple of years, but he is not the most accurate. He, he lacks power a lot. So you will see Florida State go for it a lot in that kind of that no man's land. Once you cross the 50, but you can't kick a field goal, you don't want to punt. Mike Novell loves to go for it. And that's another thing. Maybe Florida State doesn't run Clemson off the ball, but if they get four chances to get 10 yards, they'll probably get it. Yeah. And also, um, Florida State's special teams coach, he knows how to scheme up a blocked kick. He's done that a lot of times. A lot of He's blocked a lot of punts. He's blocked a good amount of extra points. The other thing is we know Shipley's a good returner. Clemson does have that. We know Will Shipley, I believe he was all ACC kick returner last year. Florida State knows that, and we kicked an onside kick against Southern Miss in the first quarter, and we and recovered it. So Florida State looks like they have a plan for Will Shipley on return. So – if you want to take over there, I know you have the efficiency for special teams. Yeah, um, Clemson's one twenty third according to ESPN. That's it's pretty terrible. And then Florida State's top twenty. I think only Wake Forest has had better or more efficient special teams. It's pretty jarring. And given the history, like you, you know, told me, and that's that's pretty significant. I think. Um, who do you think is the player? Who do you think's the player of the game, or what players are you looking for? Um, I know for me, for Florida State, I'd probably say that it's honestly Jared Verse or Braden Fisk. Like if if Shipley can be contained yeah. and shut down, or Klubnik's uncomfortable, that could force turnovers, tons of punts, and then Florida State's offense can score. And then for Clemson, I'd say it's Kate Klubnik. If he's poised and even under pressure, he doesn't make mistakes. With Riley's offense, I guarantee you there will be guys open and there will be a lane to, while I doubt there will be explosive plays, maybe what Riley can do if he has a competent quarterback and a quarterback who's playing to his ceiling in Kate Klubnik is he can kill Florida State um, with a thousand paper cuts. And it can be sure. this very slow... Um, you know, yards after catch type of game. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And what players are you looking for to have good games or be critical pieces in this chess match? I, I think those are great picks. We know uh, with the way Florida State runs their defense, most of the time they're happy to give you between the 20s. They'll let you get down the field and then they'll clamp up in the red zone. We saw LSU, they were able to stuff them in the red zone. That was a big key in flipping that game. And we know Clemson, that's how they beat Florida State last year. They ran Shipley. I know it was different, you know, it was DJ in there and the different offensive coordinator, but 
if Klubnik can keep it together, like you said, that's that's the way it that's the way it would the math would work for Clemson. Yeah, we know what Shipley has. Maybe you can wear him down. You can hit, you know, Antonio Williams. Um, I totally agree with that. And like you said, with Fisk and Verse, to prevent that from happening, prevent the run game from happening. If you're gonna sit and cover two, your D line has to clean up and not let Shipley get to the secondary and break tackles. So I agree. And like you said, Clemson, they might want to just keep Florida State's offense off the field. That's what Boston College did. That's a that's a good strategy. So I totally agree there. For me, a player, if you like watching maybe not a player that jumps off the field the most, but if you want to watch a matchup, um, I would watch Kevin Knowles on defense for Florida State. He's number three. He's our backup safety who's starting now because we have an injured player. Garrett Riley could try to expose him, could try to target him. We'll see how he steps up. He's he's made plays in the past, but he's also been he's been targeted in the past. And I think Garrett Riley on offense knows that. He's got a scheme, try to, you know, put Antonio Williams on him in the slot. We'll see how that works out. Also in the run game, the safeties for Florida State have to be able to come downhill take a good angle on the running back and actually make a tackle on Will Shipley. That's something Kevin Knowles will be asked to do. That could be kind of a, a hidden key. Maybe, you know, he doesn't have crazy stats. Maybe it's, you know, a five tackle game or something, but if he's covering his guy, that could, that could maybe lead to a Jared verse sack or, you know, a strip, a strip fumble or something. So that would be my player to watch for four state. Yeah, that's a, that's important. If Florida State's secondary can play lockdown yeah. and force Clemson to be one dimensional, they can you know begin to commit to the run. Um, let's get to let's get to your prediction and to my prediction. And you told me Florida State thirty five, Clemson thirty one. I thought a little lower scoring. Mine was Florida State thirty one, Clemson twenty one. Um, walk me through why you think Florida State wins, um, and how do they how do they get to these point totals? Certainly. So first of all, we'll not be surprised at all if Clemson wins. Um, like we talked about, everyone's picking Florida State. It's in Death Valley. We could we could see Clemson take it, but uh, Florida State. I'm confident they're going to score points. Mike Novell is going to come with a game plan. He's got to have answers for what for what Clemson throws at him. I don't have him kicking field goals. I have him going for it pretty aggressively. They're going to dial up plays. So I have him getting a 35. And then for Clemson getting a 31, I think I think Klubnik puts it together a little bit. And I think Shipley, Florida State will not have an answer for Shipley. And Clemson's going Clemson's to so bring their best effort. And I think Florida State certainly has the ability to give up give up points. Certainly have the ability to give up, um, you know, a badly timed, you know, big play. They don't give up many big plays, but they could definitely, you know, you could swing momentum a little bit. But in the end, I don't think Florida State quits on it. They went through LSU. They were down at halftime by a little bit and then pulled away. I think, you know, it's going to be in Death Valley. It's going to be rocking, even though it's a noon kickoff. So Clemson's going to give him a shot, for sure. Absolutely. 
Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's a red flag that so many people are picking, you know, Clemson, and it's on the road. And Florida State, it's it's not like Florida State is this massive favorite, and that's why everyone's picking, you know, Clemson. Florida State is only favored, like we saw on the, you know, slide beforehand. They're only a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So if you're, yeah. if you're picking Clemson to cover, you're picking Clemson to outright win, essentially, unless Florida State, you know, is psychotic and goes for two, or Clemson goes for two and they fail, for example. Yeah. Or they go into maybe they go into overtime and one gets the two-point conversion and the other doesn't. Um, but it's so—I wouldn't be surprised if Clemson wins— just from like a psychology standpoint or the history of the rivalry, but taking the logos off of these two teams, it's so hard for me to see Clemson winning because Florida State has, in, in my mind, the slight trench advantage. They're better at skill positions. They're the more Certainly. modern team. I know that Riley was brought into Clemson to modernize them, but he's only in game four, and the personnel has been built to fit Clemson's more, you know, I think pro-style offense for nearly a decade, and now you're finally changing that to, you know, Garrett Riley's style of air raid. That's a pretty big switch. It's something I underestimated, actually, in the preseason. I thought there would be some struggles. I didn't think the struggles that they've had right now would be, you know, as persistent and noticeable. I think I just had a lot of faith in, in Cade Klubnick to at least be a top 20 you know, close to top 15 quarterback. But my prediction 31-21 is I think Shipley will be able to run, but I don't think Klubnik will be able to, you know, Clemson will bring their best game, but I don't think it'll be enough. And I think eventually there will be, you know, turnovers that Clemson will commit. Florida State will probably be down at some point in the game. I expect that. I just think they'll pull away toward the end. Um, for sure. But I could see Clemson winning. In fact, I could see Clemson winning by more than one score. It's just hard yeah. for me because they could run. If they can run the ball and pass with competency and Florida State makes mental errors, that could the game could get out of hand very quickly in a road environment that's as big as um this. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to share? Any other uh, games? A bit. Yeah, I think I think just your overall. I think you make a great point. It's do we think the you know kind of identity crisis with Clemson of are we this high flying pass offense, but our strength is running the ball? Is that going to trump Florida State, who knows what they're doing? They they know they can just throw it up to Coleman, and he can pretty much take it away from whoever Clemson's going to run out there. You know. Yeah. But. I, I totally agree. This this could go either way. You could have Clemson win by win by ten. I mean, it it could happen. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited that these teams can play again in the conference championship. And uh, also, you got to think, Clemson winning seven straight. You got at some point, Florida State's going to have to win this game again. If this isn't the year, I don't I don't know what is. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. So that's a, as a Michigan fan, I, I know about, you know, being just, you know, never seeming, never seemingly being able to, to push forward to the next level with Ohio State being in the way. 
the, the, the thing, of course, with that is Michigan won when no one, myself included, despite seeing they had several advantages, picked them to win because there was just so, there was no faith. And Ohio State, you know, was more of a paper tiger that year than many expected. And Michigan was just the first team to have the offense and O-line to expose that. This game, you know, may, I'm probably getting too much into the, you know, you know, what the public thinks. I just think there's that risk with Florida State's fourth, Clemson's unranked. I mean, yeah. I've kind of already written off Clemson, not entirely because I don't want to overreact, but they shouldn't, they shouldn't beat Florida State with what we've seen in these first three weeks, I guess. Um, yeah. Final thoughts I, for me would be, or the final question if Florida State wins this game like you expect, um, we'll have you on later for sure, hopefully more than once throughout the season, to talk about the ACC because you know a lot more <laughs> than I do. Um, who do you think the next best team in the ACC is to, to challenge Florida State, whether it's in that conference title game or in the regular season? That's a good question. It's tough to say at this point. The Florida State fan in me will never trust the hype on Miami. Just going to be totally honest there. Uh, I'm certainly not going to value a win over Jimbo as proving Miami. So, uh, Florida, same thing as wait and see. To me, it's a trap game at Pitt. After this game, there's a string of games for Florida State where they should expect to just blow them out. And we saw what happened to Boston College. And Boston College is a bad team and really should have beat Florida State with the way Florida State came out and played that game. So one of those, I think, trips Florida State up, to be totally honest. Maybe it's Duke. They have an they have electric quarterback. He can run the ball. We have trouble with running quarterbacks. It could be Duke. I believe if they make it to the ACC championship game, I think they'll win it. Okay. Whether it's Clemson again somehow, or it's Louisville or UNC, I don't. UNC is interesting. I think they can put up points, and they seem to have a bit of a pass rush now, so that that could be an issue. But it'll it'll I need more data points to trust UNC. Yeah, the same. I mean, I thought Minnesota was going to come in and dominate them, and it ended up being the opposite. Yeah. So I finally, you know, trust UNC. I don't know if I'd trust them against a team like Florida State, though, because Minnesota's quarterback is just a disaster, like a complete, a complete disaster. Um, I think that if Florida State wins this game, Miami would be the only other team that, if the hype is real, they would have the talent to be able to beat them. But we have to, but we have to see. Like I think they have great trench play. They have Cameron Kitchens at safety, and, and, and Van Dyke looks like his 2021 self, which was a great quarterback. But again, A&M, that's, that's just one competent team that they've faced, yeah. and we don't know. I mean, A&M could fall off the rails and have a losing season again. So, like you said, I think more data points. Um, I'm excited for this game. Um, thank you for coming on, Marcus. Um really appreciated you having um you coming on here and talking florida state and clemson and teaching me a lot 
Um, remember to check out, for all of you watching this video, his channel, Amarkishimo. I will link it down below in the description and also pin a comment with it. Please like the video. Um, subscribe to the channel, both his most importantly, and then mine as well. And hit the notification bell so you can get notified when him and I collaborate again. And also when I post videos, like talking about different matchups. Um, mostly Big Ten, but I like to touch on out-of-conference as well. And when I have a guy like uh, Marcus coming on here, who knows a lot more about you know the ACC in a non-Big Ten conference... It makes my job easier, it's fun for him, it's fun for me, so expect more of these videos as well. Uh, any final thoughts, Marcus, before we end? I appreciate you having me on, it was a lot of fun. Uh, I appreciate y'all watching. You know, college football is the best sport, so it's, it's great, great to be here. Amen. All right, guys, we'll see you later, and I will see you guys later today with another um, preview and prediction video for a different game. Have a great day.